welcome to another great episode of the Midlife Makeover Show live on Instagram. These shows are unedited, uncensored, and unbelievably good. I would love it if you joined us on Instagram when we go live with awesome guests and great topics. Just follow me on Instagram at Wendy Valentine or the Midlife Makeover Show and click on the live shows tab on my profile. I hope to see you there. Enjoy the show. Ali Shaw, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. I am so excited to talk to you today because we're going to turn darkness into light, tragedy into triumph, and I'm all about that. <laughs> so welcome to the show and tell everyone a little bit more about the wonderful Ali Shaw. Well, thank you, gorgeous Wendy. It is so wonderful to be with you today. You are just, you are such a light in this world and uh, being with you is is a privilege and an honor. Um, let's see. So I am a new author of the book Chasing Tigers in the Dark, which is basically the story of my complex traumatic background uh, multi-categorical stories of trauma, which many people, many of the listeners I'm sure can relate to in one way or another. Yeah. So that's awesome. I, we were talking earlier before we hit record and also on Instagram live, <laughs> writing a book is a big deal. And, you know, in telling your story, to be able to tell your story to the entire world, I'm sure that's quite a vulnerable feeling. So what, what, tell us a little bit more about your personal story. Sure. So uh, I grew up in Virginia, very caring, mm. nurturing family. Uh, my parents um, were amazing nurturers. And then at age 18, you know, the shit mm. hit the fan and, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I started on a pattern of chronic trauma that just would not quit. Um, it started with a very um, devastating loss. My first love was killed by a drunk driver. Um, shortly after, I was diagnosed with a very aggressive hmm. form of cancer, um, several sexual assaults, and then a devastating divorce. So just hmm. a lot of things happened like within a few months and then a few years. And it just wouldn't quit. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. yeah it's just yeah. one, one shit storm after another. You got it. So did you, uh, did you tackle each tragedy as they came along? I mean, going back, did you do that or did they end up, you're like, Oh, I'll deal with that later. And then they real, they all surfaced together. Well, you know, that's an interesting story because I don't know how you were brought up. I know we both have kind of Virginia as part of our history, um, and as, as wonderful as my upbringing was, there was kind of this unspoken rule that you didn't talk about the hard stuff in public, right? You kind of, you suppressed it. Maybe you went to church and you prayed about it, but you definitely didn't talk about your stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's where the book kind of came in for me, mm -hmm. um, being able to kind of tackle each one of those traumas one at a time with a variety of resources and, uh, therapeutic processes was kind of how I was able to work through them all. But the sad thing about that is that I was 
probably distracted for most of my life being, you know, constantly triggered by the things that I'd never dealt with. So that's kind of where part of my purpose came in was being able to write the book. So maybe other people could tackle their things before they started distracting them from living their best lives. Yeah, exactly. Because if you don't address it, it, it will, it will haunt you right? Yes. And it will get triggered. I did a show about that recently about getting triggered and we all get triggered and sometimes we don't even know it. And we're just reacting to something that might've even happened 20, 30, 40 years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. So what has helped you overcome your, your tragedies? Well, I think that, uh, trying to come up with a daily routine for Mm -hmm. being intentional with my time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we talked a little bit, you know, kind of aside um, before we got to recording, we talked about the importance of therapeutic processes. And I think that, you know, EMDR was huge for me, the eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, being able to clear out the cobwebs, you know, the negative beliefs that I had about myself and about the situations that I went through was instrumental Mm -hmm. in healing for me because then, you know, once you've kind of reprogrammed those negative beliefs into, you know, positive ideas, you're really able to kind of start fresh with whatever comes next. So I wasn't distracted at that point. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And we, our brains literally are getting programmed during those times of of trauma and drama in our lives and without us even knowing, right? And there's things that are setting in there that you really don't even want, but it's like, it's getting programmed in there as as a thought, as a feeling, as an emotion, as a belief. I mean, that's really what right. how limiting beliefs even get created to begin with. And EMDR was great for me as well. Um, for people out there that don't know what that is, I always forget what the R stands for, but eye movement desensitization something. And reprocessing. Oh, reprocessing. yes. That's in re- mm-hmm. reprocessing. Yes. And it is like, it's, it's reprogramming the brain, right? And it is taking that belief, that neural pathway in your brain and where maybe something that had happened in your past that triggers you, that is that trauma that it brings up so much. Even if you just thought about it for 30 seconds, it would like get your blood boiling or, or create, you know, all those fears come to the surface. And it reprograms that to where that was, it was almost like as if it was in a, somebody else's experience, right? Wouldn't you say? Agreed. Yeah. I, there was a couple of things that I did EMDR for. One of them was for um, when my brother passed, right? And mm-hmm. I watched my brother die. And I didn't, oh. yeah, and I didn't know at the time um, that I was traumatized by it. Even a year had passed and then I would kept having nightmares. And even just to tell the story, I was just, I would crumble. And I remember thinking, I was like, wow, I might be traumatized from that event. And I did EMDR and she, my therapist basically just had me retell the story and we would somehow, some magical way, uh, watching this little light on the what the, the EMDR equipment, right? 
And then also with the therapist talking to me, uh, I can tell that story now and I don't, yes, it's my story, but I don't crumble with it. It doesn't bring up any of the darkness. I, I appreciate the story more if that sounds crazy, but I look at it more of not the, the, the death or, but it's more of just the life that he brought to me and, and being able to be part of that, to, to see him pass on. It was, it was more, it's, it's a different type of story in my mind and in my heart than it was before the MDR, if all of that made sense. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And you're probably able to see many other stories that you cherish with your brother other than the last one, which can be yes. such a hard thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I think it's natural as human beings. Sometimes we'll gravitate towards the negative instead of the yeah. positive, And we'll focus on that, that one moment, that one moment of tragedy or trauma, right. Instead of trying to refocus that. So what other things have you done besides the EMDR, the EMDR that might've helped you? So, um, I have an acronym tiger and, um, one of the, one of the parts of that is invest in yourself. Uh And honestly, you know, it's not just about, you know, the investment that goes into therapy or EMDR. It's also the investment that goes into like the understanding of who we are. Right. Mm. So the T stands for um, trust your intuition. And so the foundation of that is understanding. Right. Mm -hmm. And so creating the infrastructure for success for me is all about, you know, understanding what makes us tick. Right. Yeah. So you and I've talked about doing multiple careers over a lifetime and, um, or not over, well, over our own lifetimes, we're not done yet, but it's, um, (laughs) you know, it's interesting. (laughs) I, uh, I was living, I was living the wrong life for so many years, you know, just not, not living into, um, my personality. Like I'm an Enneagram Mm -hmm. two, I'm a helper. Um, I am all about trying to, um, see the bigger picture. And, uh, for so many years, you know, I was, I was doing a career that, you know, was very respectable. I was an opera singer, you know, I, I feel like it was my God given gift. And so Mm -hmm. I was trying to, you know, be true to that. But what I didn't realize was how miserable I was. Like there was so much pressure, you know, there's so many guidelines. You can't have dairy, you can't have caffeine, you can't have alcohol. Can you imagine a life with no ice cream, (laughs) coffee or wine? I mean... Wow, I was miserable, miserable. So you're probably like, "Hey, listen, I'll sing at home, okay?" Yeah. Oh my gosh. Seriously, but it's so funny because you know you and I have the divorce piece in common, and you know when I went through my divorce, I was terrified. You know, how am I going to take care of my two preschool children? I moved back to my rural childhood home, and you know, it's not like an opera singer was a. was a career that I could, you know, take on in the farmland. So, um, (laughs) 
So, yeah, I had to cast a wide net and, you know, it turned out to be like the the best decision for my career because mm-hmm. I ended up working for this law firm and I met people from all circles of life and I was able to help them in ways, um, not just with, you know, their business needs or intellectual property or patents, but also, you know, just like as a human being. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you're in that space of needing an attorney, I mean, I know you, you mm-hmm. know, attorneys and it's, yep. you know, sometimes in that space, you need more than, you know, guidance, yep. practical guidance. Do you need that um, support piece as well? So that's mm-hmm. kind of where it all started for me as far as being able to live into my purpose of helping others. I admire the fact that you, that even though, and I'm sure you're an amazing opera singer. And yeah, and that even though you were so good at it and, but you listened to your heart and said, okay, you know what? I'm going to pivot because I need to pivot. I need to get out of this because I'm not happy with it. And I think there's, and I can totally relate to that. There's a lot of things that I have done, like careers that I've had where I was really good at it, but Mm -hmm. I didn't like it. I, you know, and people are like, well, you're so good at it. I'm like, but I don't like it. You know, I mean, yeah. I can be good at taking the garbage out, but that doesn't mean I want to do that for a living. That's not my purpose. So, right. and sometimes it, you never know what you'll discover though, too. I'm sure you, you know, weren't thinking like, oh, okay, I'm going to find that at an attorney's office, but right. you, you leaped into it open-minded and like, Hey, why not? Let's see what happens. Because I feel like there's, it's like one dot leads to another and you never know what you're going to discover along the way. And and if you stay in that one same spot, because that's what you're supposed to do, then you stay stuck. Absolutely. And and you don't, and you don't grow. I I don't feel like you don't evolve as a human being. If you don't give yourself a chance to get outside of that comfort zone. Agreed. Yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit. Let's go back on the, okay. T I G E R. That's an acronym. What is the T? Okay. So T is trust your intuition. Okay. So, you know, and it's so funny, Wendy, I don't know, like hindsight is 2020, obviously. And Mm. if I knew now what I, or if I knew then what I knew now, you know, I probably could have avoided like some of that predatory behavior that was part of my past. And I think that is a really big piece of what I want to be able to pay forward mm-hmm. is how, you know, how do we assimilate the behavior of a predator before becoming a victim? Mm-hmm. So that was, that was a big part of the intuition mm-hmm. for me, but not only that, you know, knowing ourselves, like knowing, understanding who we really are at our core, I think that also protects us from, you know, some of these traumas that are, ahead of us, you know, really knowing, okay, I know that this isn't the career I need to be doing. And perhaps if I wasn't doing it, X, Y, and Z would not have happened, you know? So it's just a matter of kind of the whole package of understanding the infrastructure, you know, all of those things can protect us more than we even know. Right. Yeah, exactly. And we talked about this before about just being more proactive in taking care of yourself, preparing for the bad days. And there will be bad days. And it's just the reality of it. I, yes. I think nowadays we're all, okay, if we're not having, if we're not happy 100% of the time, like there's something wrong. Like, no, you just have shitty days. And I yes. have shitty days. We all do. And it's just right. how you deal with it and how you prepare for that, like you said, and, and taking care of yourself. Not right. just... 
not just when it happens, but before it happens, while it's happening, and, and especially after it's happening. Right. Well, you yeah. know, the interesting thing, too, this was kind of cool. So have you taken the Myers-Briggs test? I did, like, forever ago. I need to do it again. Well, it's funny. So when I first, when I first took it, I was an introvert. And I suspect that's because I had unmanaged trauma and low self-esteem and all the things. And then once I started taking care of myself, I became an extrovert and realized that I thrive in leadership opportunities in the space of helping others. Mm-hmm. And so if I had if I had taken the time and energy to do that, that I might yeah. have, you know, found that space of healing and of helping a lot sooner. Because I look mm-hmm. at you, Wendy, your energy is so powerful. Oh, thank you. Oh, my gosh. It's like you just, you can tell that you are doing what you're supposed to do, girl. You know, you're in that space mm-hmm. of, you know, living your best life. And that's, um, I think that's what we all want. So trying uh-uh, to find the passion you. and purpose is, is a great use of time. Yeah. And you know what? Thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. And I, I well, I consider myself an ambivert. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a blend of the introvert and the extrovert. Some people think I'm, you know, like this all the time. I would, I would completely explode if I was like this all the time. But, um, but you know what though, too, I, when I look back, when I was doing those jobs, I didn't love, even though I might've been good at them, even if I made good money, even if it was helping everyone in the family, et cetera, et cetera, I, being completely honest, I was the one holding myself back. I was so scared to even do what I'm doing right now, to be, to put my voice out into the entire world, open for criticism, which I do get, which I was just telling you earlier, I had someone leave a bad review and I was like, what? You trying to do this, you know? But you know what though? I would rather deal with that criticism than go back and be in a job that I didn't love. And, Agreed. and I feel that people prevent themselves from following their purpose and passion in life because of fear, because of the limiting beliefs that are, you know, fully ingrained in their brains. And you really have to become your own best friend. I feel you have to cheer yourself on, even if there's nobody else around, around you cheering you on and you have to go for it because why not? I mean, right. this is, you get one life. And who was the author that said that? Or Mary Oliver, um, what, what will you do with your one wild and precious life? You don't get two, you mm-hmm. don't get three, you don't get four, you get one. Right. And what are you going to do? Like, we all could just sit and just stay in our little comfort zone. We have that choice. You certainly do. Or you can get outside that comfort zone and really discover who you are and discover more about life. Exactly. And yeah. having those, having the uncomfortable conversations, like that needs to be the norm because yes. that's how, I mean, that's how we connect and grow. Yeah. And it's so funny, like the vulnerable, excuse me, vulnerability piece sometimes mm-hmm. is daunting because people don't want to hear about the hard stories all the time. You know, they they'll yes. read about them. They'll take them in, you know, when they're ready, but it's, I mean, it's such a growth opportunity. Yeah. So I feel very like fortunate to be able to finally have the courage to to speak up about some of those things for the greater right. good. Yep. 
Yeah, exactly. Because it, it, it happens. All of these things happen in life. It's part of life. I mean, whether we yeah. want to admit it or not, right? Death happens. Disease happens. Depression happens. Divorce happens. Everything that seems to start with the letter D. <laughs> <laughs> and drama. Let's some drama in there. Okay. So we have the T, we got the I. What about the G? What's the G in Tiger? So G is grow your character. And Mm. I think, you know, in a time where hate and so many bad things are knocking on our collective doors, for me, it was about adopting a kindness initiative that, you know, Mm. I could kind of tell everyone about in our business and, and, you know, just anyone. When I encounter, because I feel like, you know, as you stated before, there's so many harsh critics in our world. There's so many haters, Mm -hmm. so many people that are just, you know, 70% of the population has experienced trauma. So pretty much all of us are going through something. Yes. And we all show up differently. So the kindness initiative that I put into action is called the triple filter. It's something Mm -hmm. that we learned from another business owner locally. And it is basically, here it is, the triple filter. And um, it's a set of three questions that kind of nips gossiping in the bud So let's say somebody came to you and they were going to say something negative about somebody that you knew. Mm -hmm. So you would pause and before you would engage in the uh, conversation, you would ask yourself, is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? Mm. And if you couldn't say yes to all three questions, you would walk away or change the subject or maybe even, you know, call them out. And so this is, I mean, obviously it's not a hundred percent, you know, not everybody's going to adopt this and everybody is human. Everybody falls short, but it's just something I try to focus on. You know, I'm an inclusivity advocate and there's just so many people Mm -hmm. that are struggling because they feel judged or, you know, just misunderstood. And so Mm -hmm. I just think it's a way that we can just try to be a little bit more loving and kind. Yeah, we we could all so. use some more love in in our individual lives and collectively, right? Yes, I, I think now, especially now with social media and and news traveling so fast, we, we receive negativity so so much quicker. And you and I, of course, we just did that Instagram live, and I was telling you, someone had left a nasty comment while we're on the show. And I'm right. thinking, <laughs> is that necessary? Like, I you hadn't got to the what is it called? Kind. Um, oh, the when, triple filter. Is it true? Yeah. Is it kind? Is it necessary? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we had gotten to that part yet, you know, but yeah. And, and you know what, really going back to what I was saying before about being, you know, really we're our biggest critic. Yeah. And it's like when you become more mindful of your own thoughts, you realize how you speak to yourself and how you hold yourself back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And just becoming your greatest cheerleader. Yeah. It's so important. And, mm-hmm. you know, that inner monologue is, you know, it can be really wonderful some days and then it can just yeah. <laughs> stunt you or stunt your productivity like nothing else. So, yeah. And you know what, yeah. though, too? I think it's for me, I even had a day yesterday where I was a little off and I, but I knew it. I would, mm-hmm. I didn't beat myself up about it. I was like, okay, I'm a little off today. You know, it's not a big deal. Right. <laughs> Tomorrow's the new, I'm going to sleep good tonight. Tomorrow's a new day. It's going to be okay. And I, mean, I try to, I try my best to talk to myself as if 
I would like my best friend, right? How would my yeah. best friend, my best friend wouldn't be like, oh, suck it up, buttercup. You're like, ah, right. you know, she would, she'd be like, it's all right. You're like, quit beating yourself up. It's okay. Yeah. So uh, E, what is the E? So E is exercise self-care, ah. which is something that's just been very timely this year. It's been a year of um, chronic adversity, like multiple losses, some really big, just heartbreaking occurrences. And, you know, a lot of times I feel like, you know, one storm hits and another one hits and another one hits and there's no time to recover. Mm -hmm. And so being intentional about our self-care, like setting up, you know, a plan for every day, kind of gets us starting at neutral so that if we're starting below neutral, you know, there's not a whole lot of hope in that, you know, you're already down yeah, and then you're supposed to roll with the punches. Right. So, you know, there's six different areas of self-care. And I try to connect to each one of them in some manner. So Mm -hmm. there is, uh, let's see, a little cheat sheet, emotional, mental, (laughs) physical, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Emotional, mental, physical, social, practical, and spiritual. And so Mm -hmm. if I can try to connect to them, you know, each week, Mm -hmm. all of them in some way, and then daily, I try to do, you know, intentional breath work, meditation, digital detox, you know, all of Mm -hmm. those things. Because I don't know about you, Wendy, but like when you end your day, taking in, you know, all the bad things that are happening in the world. Yeah. It's very difficult to be the light for others. You have to be able to give yourself those breaks and those blocks to recenter yourself. Yep. Yeah. You're, you're so right. And even with you and I being in that, you know, in the arena, we do have to take extra good care of ourselves to be able to help, you know, to shine that light for others. We're like the lighthouse. So right. yeah, we have to, we have to take care of ourselves, but everybody does. It doesn't matter what you do. Like you, everyone needs to take care of themselves and, and to, to give yourself permission to, to just take a nap or, or to, to just go for a walk or whatever you want to do without having to explain to anyone why you need that. Just do it. Yes. Absolutely. And consistently, consistently. Definitely. Being kind with yourself. I think we had talked about, you know, just you're in that space of depression or you're in that space. Maybe you say, okay, I'm going to get this one thing done instead of these 10 things that I would normally get done. Right. And being okay with that, you know, I mean, this is a, a tough world that we're living in. We have to be kind to ourselves before we can, yeah. you know, be the light for others as you so eloquently said. Yeah. And like you, uh, what is it? The saying of like putting the mask on yourself before you just like being on an airplane, right? You put the mask on yourself, the oxygen mask on yourself. Otherwise you're not good for anybody else. And that's not selfish. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's so funny too. Do you feel like sometimes as moms, we're like conditioned to feel like that's selfish? Oh, I know. Yeah. I mean, if we, Mm -hmm. we're even better for our children if we take care of ourselves first. So yes. And you have seven children. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You're going to need a lot of oxygen. One boy. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. What did you say? Six six girls and one boy. 
Six girls and one boy. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Good for you. I have wow. three and I think that's a lot. It is. <laughs> but you know <laughs> But you know what? It's um I think that that's where our motivation starts as women. Yeah. You know, just mm-hmm. you know being able to start with a message to our children that makes us proud and then, you know, by extension, yeah. we hope that we can you know, impact the world and, and create a space for people to do, you know, some really wonderful healing. So it's yes. pretty yep. amazing. You're exactly right. What is the, what's the R in Tiger? So the R in Tiger is reinvent yourself often. Uh, yes. I love that one. That's my favorite. Well, and it's, you know, it goes back to your story and my story. Mm -hmm. And a lot of folks went through this during COVID, you know, we were stuck and we had to, you know, take a deep dive on our lives and see, you know, what am I going to do for work now that I'm, you know, stuck in my home or, you know, what do I really enjoy doing? Like what brings me happiness? What brings me peace? What am I passionate about? What's my purpose? So, yeah, I, um, so when I, Right before COVID, I was working in our business. Um, I was in pretty much in the HR arena mm-hmm. and um, working with people constantly. I was so fulfilled. And then my mother-in-law got very sick and I oh. needed to be home to help her and then also um, to manage my children's online education. So I was just, you know, kind of in this place where I, I didn't exactly know what my passion and purpose were mm. beyond being in the home and, and being a caregiver. Right. And so it gave me time to really, you know, look at my past and look at all the trauma I had suppressed. Mm-hmm. And in that space, I found the courage and the energy to write my book. So wow. that is, yeah, I mean, that was kind of like the, the, most exciting project I think I had ever tackled. And um, the excitement behind it is really the ability to impact other lives. You know, as a helper, it's, you know, I'm very much like my father. He, um, he recently passed and just his, his beautiful story of delivering 4,000 babies in his career and (laughs) just like, I don't know, his, even in his, um, in his final days, like his peace about, you know, what he had provided for, you know, so many different adults and children during his long career, it just really Mm. inspired me, you know, just to be able to, obviously I'm not a physician, but to be able to help other people in that space of Mm -hmm. empathy and to provide hope that, you know, after the storm, there's some really good stuff. Yeah. (laughs) You're so right. Yes. And you have to believe that, right? Even if you're in the midst of a storm right now, you have to believe the storm's going to pass. Yes. Time passes by. Eventually the storm has to pass. And there will be, the sun will shine. It will. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So reinventing yourself often. I love that because, and I think too, sometimes we wait until there's something tragic that happens to wake us up. And we should be reinventing ourselves all the time and checking in with ourselves. Like, I mean, how often do we ask ourselves, hey, are you happy? Like, do you love what you do? You know, it's like to make some changes in your life. Very rarely do we proactively and mindfully do that? 
I mean, yes. I, there's been times in my life where years will go by. I'm like, wait, what am I doing with my life? Why haven't I stopped? And why haven't I made any changes? And yes. so, yeah. And I think uh, going back to what you're saying before with COVID, a lot of people, that's what has happened. It made yeah. them stop and take a look at their lives and say, oh my gosh, I can't stand you know, my job. I, I'm not happy in this marriage. I don't like where I live, whatever. And I mean, that's great to be able to come to that realization at the same time. Again, you don't have to have anything happen in your life to, to give yourself permission to make the change. Right. That's exactly right. And we, we get too comfortable going through the motions of our life Mm -hmm. and then it takes some kind of, um, well, it takes something like COVID to get us to slow down at times, but you're absolutely right. If we were, if we were really going back to trusting our intuition, listening to that inner voice, like what is not working in my life and what can I do to fix it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So that's, you know, that's a big part of what my book is about. There are 13 life lessons in there that Mm -hmm. just give people a pause to think about, huh, I've been through something similar that maybe I should look at it this way. So just trying to create that space to, to really evaluate what is not working. Yes. I'm glad that you said that because it is about looking at it a different way. It's, it's shifting your perspective about whatever has, has happened or is happening in your life. It is just changing that perspective. And for, you know, for me, I've learned, um, with all the therapy and everything else that I've, you know, gone through in my life that when something happens, I I try to just stop and go, okay, there's something here that I'm going to learn from this. And, and I look for it almost like, okay, even if it's looking for a needle in the haystack, I'm like, damn it, I'm going to find that. Like, I'm going to find the wisdom in this mess right now. And, and I think if you start out that way, it does help you look for that positive in the negative. As hard as it is. And sometimes it doesn't appear all immediately. Sometimes it takes a little while. Sometimes years go by and then you're like, oh, there it is. Then you you find that that gold at the end of the rainbow. Absolutely. Yeah. What's one of the the lessons that you've learned recently? Anything interesting you want to share? Yeah. You can't be all things to all people. Yes. Yeah. And, and the greatest gift that you can give yourself is just to be yourself and to Absolutely. love yourself no matter what, because there will always be critics. There will always be people that don't agree with you. Always guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're out there trying to just please everyone, oh my gosh, it'll just, it's, it's endless. There's no way. It's impossible. Right. So you just... It, it's, it sounds selfish, but it's not. You got to make yourself happy. You got to put that yeah. oxygen mask on and take care of yourself. And I, I've also noticed that people are just going to be who they are. Yeah. They, you, know, you don't, I, I used to be such a control freak and thinking that I could, let me fix this and control that. And I'll put this person over here and make that happen. I mean, I just thought, I'm like, who the hell did I, who, who the heck did I think I was? I'm like, yeah. Like, no, <laughs> when you, like, what is the, uh, the serenity prayer? God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. I remind yeah. myself of that all the time. Like Wendy, what can you control? Just concentrate right. on that. 
Quit worrying about everybody else. Let them just be. Right. And the interesting thing about control too, and I just worked on this in EMDR, mm-hmm. you know, we can't control it. A yeah. lot of the things that happen, but we can control how we show up, right. Or yes. how we react to it. Yep. And that was huge for me, you know, just, um, with so many different losses lately, you know, I've mm-hmm. been thinking and, um, reflecting a lot on just not having any regrets. Yes. And, yep. you know, I think mm-hmm. that's how we find peace and understanding in these hard situations because, you know, if we're really, you know, showing up and being intentional in our relationships and, mm-hmm. and you know, just being okay with the things that we can't control because we know that even though we can't control it, we're showing right. up as best we can. There's power yeah. in that, I believe. Yeah, I agree. And I think what, one of my favorite new words is acceptance. Just yeah. It is what it is. And, mm-hmm. and I think um, it's just, it's that letting go and surrendering and just allowing people to be who they are. You know, that doesn't mean that if someone, you know, obviously if someone is com- causing harm to you or is mean to you, like you, that doesn't make it okay. You have that right. Like right. it's, you can still, you can have empathy for someone and, and still have those boundaries. You can still hold that person accountable and, and be empathetic and be understanding, knowing, knowing why they might be doing what they're doing at the same time you are still holding them accountable. Right. Agreed. Yeah. It's so interesting. You mentioned that I, um, I recently met this phenomenal woman who was a correctional officer Mm. and she just, she had some really interesting stories from her experience, but she also, we were talking about that space of empathy because did you know that 96% of inmates have been through major trauma? Like, Uh, I guess that's obvious, but you know, it, it does, I don't know. It just makes it like, for me, it's just a good reminder that, you know, we all have stuff and, Mm -hmm. you know, we have to be intentional about how we care for ourselves before it escalates, you know, but it's, it's interesting. Like you said, the stories um, that we learn from one another in the space of trauma can teach us so much about how, you know, how we can be more present in our lives, more present in our relationships. So it's pretty powerful. Yeah. And you know what? Everyone is stronger than they think they are. Yeah, really are. And, and you can, no matter what it is that you're going through, you can get through it. You have to remind yourself of that all the time. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. You've been so amazing. Oh, I feel the same way about you, lady. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys, I know you're listening on the podcast, but you'll have to watch this video on YouTube because you'll just have to see she's such a beautiful beautiful woman. And she has this wild, wonderful red hair. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I both have the natural curls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I know. They get frizzier in the summer, right? <laughs> no, oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, where can we find you? Okay. So, um, chasing tigers in the dark is available on Amazon and my website is www.fiercetigerlady.com. And on socials, I am at Ali Shaw author, A-L-L-Y-S-H-A-W. Nice. Yes. Get a copy of her book. I want to read it. 
You'll have to say, who knows where I'm going to be though, or I'll have to figure out. <laughs> yeah, you this, send this me an address and I'll send it to you. <laughs> I, this RV is moving on Monday. So who knows where we're going to be, but thank you so much, Allie. You've been awesome. Oh, Wendy, I so enjoyed our time. You are such a light in this world. I'm so thankful to know you. Oh, thank you, Allie. All right. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to another great episode of the Midlife Makeover Show live on Instagram. Before we part ways, just a few quick reminders of how you and I can connect outside of this fabulous show. Number one, join the Midlife Makeover Club. It's our private Facebook community for all things related to midlife, relationships, health, mindset, and more. You will receive episode updates, interview clips of the show, Instagram live videos, wise words from Wendy, and of course, some wacky words from Wendy. Basically, anything to help you live, love, and laugh through midlife. Just go to the midlifemakeoverclub.com and request to join. We would love to have you. Number two, join us for the next Instagram live show. The cool thing about IG Lives is that you can meet new guests and ask questions live on the show. How cool is that? Just follow me on Instagram at Wendy Valentine or the Midlife Makeover Show and click on Live Shows on my profile. Number three, check out my Midlife Makeover Method online course available at midlifemakeovermethod.com. In this fabulous four-week online course presented by your hostess of the Midlife Mostess, you will embark on an awesome journey of transformation. I will help you discover your number one wish, uncover your why, and get you taking action towards creating a life you love. Over four weeks, we will go through four phases of seed to flight. You will walk away with a midlife metamorphosis.